Section 42 of The Toilers of the Sea by Victor Hugo. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by John Greenman. Chapter 2 The Unexpected Brandy. On Friday morning, the day after the departure of the Tamaulipas, the Durand set out for Guernsey. She left St. Malo at nine o'clock. The weather was clear, there was no mist. Old Captain Gertrais Cabreau seemed to have been talking nonsense. The preoccupation of Sieur Clubin had decidedly almost made him miss his cargo. He had taken on board only a few bales of goods from Paris for the fancy stores at St. Pierre-Port, three cases for the Guernsey Hospital, one of yellow soap, another of candles, the third of French sole leather, and choice cordovan leather. He was bringing back of his former cargo a case of crushed sugar and three cases of Congo tea which the French custom-house had refused to admit. Sieur Clubin had taken but few cattle on board, only a few oxen. These oxen were rather carelessly stored in the hold. There were six passengers on board, one Guernsey man, two cattle dealers from St. Malo, a tourist, as the expression ran even at that period, a demi-bourgeois Parisian, probably a commercial traveler, and an American who was traveling for the purpose of distributing Bibles. The Durand carried a crew of seven men, not counting Captain Grubin, a helmsman, a coal-heaver, a carpenter, a cook, who served as a seaman at need, two firemen, and a cabin-boy. One of the firemen was also the engineer. This fireman-engineer, a very brave and intelligent Dutch negro who had escaped from the sugar plantations of Surinam, was named Imbrancam. The negro Imbrancam understood and worked the engine admirably. At first, as he appeared perfectly black in his engine-room, he had contributed not a little in imparting a diabolical name to the Durand. The helmsman, a Jersey man by birth, and a Cotentin by origin, was named Tangrouille. The Tangrouille belonged to the high nobility. This was literally true. The Channel Islands are, like England, an aristocratic country. Castes still exist there. Castes have their own ideas, which serve as their safeguard. These ideas of caste are everywhere the same, in India as in Germany. Nobility is won by the sword and lost by labor. It is preserved by idleness. To do nothing is to live nobly. Whoever does not work is honored. A trade involves loss of rank. In France there was formerly no exception made, save for glass workers, as emptying bottles constituted to a certain extent the glory of gentlemen, the making of bottles did not dishonor them. In the Channel Archipelago, as well as in Great Britain, he who wishes to remain noble must remain rich. A workman cannot be a gentleman. If he has been one, he is so no longer. Such and such a sailor is descended from Knight's Banaret, and he is only a sailor. Thirty years ago, a real gorge at Orny, who would have had a right to the seigneury of gorge, confiscated by Philip Augustus, gathered seaweed, barefooted in the sea. Carteret is a carter in Sark. 
There is a draper at Jersey and a shoemaker at Guernsey named Grouchy, who declare that they are from Grouchy, and cousins to the Marshal of Waterloo. The ancient records of the benefices of the Diocese of Coutances make mention of the seigneury of Tancreville, an evident relation of Tancarville on the Basse Seine, which is Montmorency. In the fifteenth century, Johann de Haronville, archer and squire of the sire of Tancreville, bore behind him his corselet and other harness. In May 1371, at Pontorson, at the review of Bertrand du Guichin, Monsieur de Tancreville did his duty as knight bachelor. In the Norman Isles, if poverty overtakes one, he is speedily eliminated from the nobility. A change of pronunciation suffices. Tancreville becomes Tancruy, and it is done. This is what happened with the helmsman of the Durande. At St. Pierre-Port, at the Bordage, there is a dealer in old iron named Angroil, which is probably Angroville. Under Louis Le Gros, the Angroville possessed three parishes in the court of assessors of Valogne. An abbé, Trigon, has written the ecclesiastical history of Normandy. This chronicler, Trigon, was curate of the seigneury of Digoville. If the lord of Digoville had descended to the plebeian state, he would have been called Digoui. Tangrui, that Tancarville, and that possible Montmorency, had this ancient quality of a gentleman, a grave defect in a helmsman. He was in the habit of getting intoxicated. Sieur Clubin had persisted in keeping him. He had made himself responsible for him to Mes de Thierry. Helmsman Tancrui never left the vessel and slept on board. On the eve of departure, when Sieur Clubin arrived at a tolerably late hour in the evening to pay a visit to the ship, Tancrui was asleep in his hammock. In the course of the night, Tancrui woke up. It was his nightly custom. Every drunkard who is not his own master has his hiding place. Tancrui had his, which he called his storeroom. Tangrui's storeroom was in the waterhold. He had located it there to disarm suspicion. He thought he was sure that this hiding place was known only to himself. Sieur Clubin, being sober, was severe. The little rum and gin which the helmsman could conceal from the captain's vigilant eye he kept in reserve in a mysterious nook of the waterhold at the bottom of a sounding bucket and almost every night he had an amorous rendezvous with his storeroom. The surveillance was rigid, the orgy was a poor one, and Tangrui's nightly excesses were confined to two or three mouthfuls swallowed on the sly. Sometimes even the storeroom was empty. That night Tangrui had found an unexpected bottle of brandy. His joy had been great and his amaze still greater. From what cloud had that bottle fallen? He could recall neither how nor when he had brought it on board the ship. He had drunk it immediately, partly out of prudence for fear the brandy might be discovered and seized. He had flung the bottle into the sea. On the following day, when he took the helm, Tangrui staggered a little. Nevertheless, he steered nearly as usual. 
as for clubin he had returned to sleep at the jean tavern as the reader knows clubin always wore under his shirt a leather traveling belt in which he kept in case of emergencies a score of guineas and which he only took off at night inside this belt was his name sieur clubin written by himself on the rough leather with thick lithographic ink which is indelible on rising before sailing he placed in this belt the iron box containing the seventy-five thousand francs in banknotes then he buckled the belt round his body as usual End of chapter two unexpected brandy